I've never had a cold quite like the one I just, I'm just finishing up with. So um, this morning, if you'll just uh, cut me a little bit of slack here, as I'm not quite 100% yet. I was thinking yesterday afternoon, I wonder if I should call, call up all my, all my speakers and ask them to, to be ready just in case. But um, this morning, um, I want to talk to you about some of the things that we need to guard ourselves against and the things that we need to protect, especially as we are at the beginning of this new year. We talked a couple of weeks ago about guarding our heart. And today I want to talk to you about guarding the relationships that we have in our lives. And um, uh, I want you to recognize today that that this is probably the the number one battle or the number one struggle, the number one uh, issue that each of us has to face on a daily basis. There's not one person here today who um, who will not be struggling with this, and this is so. This is something that you you need to hear, uh, especially if you want to advance in your Christian walk. And so we're talking about guarding your relationships. And I'm talking about the relationships with your spouse, with your children, your friends. Um, I'm talking about relationships with neighbors, workmates, people, all the people in your life that you have a relationship with. We're talking about guarding these relationships. How many know today that uh, relationships are um, don't always go smoothly? Everybody knows that, right? Things don't always go go well. It's, uh, anybody here never ever have a fight with their spouse or an argument? Anybody never ever have a fight with their kids or with a workmate or even a neighbor? You know what I'm talking about. And it's a, it, again, it's a daily, it's a daily, daily struggle. Um, Carol Turner sent me a, a neat email yesterday. And, uh, it's uh, letters that kids have written to God. And so little Joyce says, Dear God, thank you for the brother that you sent, but I prayed for a puppy. <laughs> I guess her little brother was more than she could take. And little Peter said, Dear God, uh, please send Dennis Clark to a different camp this year. <laughs> and little Larry said, Dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would not kill each other so much if they had their own rooms. <laughs> it works with my brother. Uh, little Denise says, Dear God, if we come back as something, please don't let me come back as De- Gen- Jennifer Horton because I hate her. And uh, little Nan said, Dear God, I bet it's very hard to love all of everybody in the world. There are only four people in my family, and I can never do it. <laughs> so even as children, you recognize that these kids are having a struggle with the relationships in their lives. Well, why, why should you make this your number one priority? Why should, why should the people that you know, the people you have a relationship with, why should you spend so much time working on it? Well, there's two reasons. First of all, God commands it, and that should be all the all the reason that we need. If God says it, then we got to just do what He says, right? And we know He says says that in His Word. Uh, you've heard this many, many times. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second great commandment is what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And so God commands it. It's the most important thing in our lives. But there's another, a second good reason why we should love each other. And um, look at this. Uh, there's this. Um, the study done Friday, January the 9th, 2009, reported by Live Science. 
And they said that the, uh, they reported the findings of Mark Holder from the University of British Columbia found that out of a total of 320 children from four public schools and two faith-based schools, they completed six different questionnaires to rate the happiness of these children. And they, they uh, tested the children and the parents and asked them to rate the children's happiness. The study shows that children who feel that their lives have meaning and value, and listen to this, and who develop and who develop qual- deep quality relationships are happier. The quality and depth of interpersonal relationships were both strong predictors of children's happiness, said the study leader. This is just hot off the presses. I want you to know something. The Bible has known right right from the beginning of time what scientists and social scientists are just discovering now. That the that the thing that will make you happy in your life is that you have happy relationships, good relationships, quality relationships. And here's the thing, my friends, and everybody knows this, the thing that, that will make you happiest in your life is making sure that your relationships are good. You show me somebody who's, who's down, not happy, struggling, whatever, I'll show you somebody whose relationships are out of order. Plain and simple as that. And so I want to help you this morning do what you can do to make sure that uh, that you guard your relationships. In other words, I'm going to help you, give you a little bit of scripture that will help you maintain happiness in your life. And at the same time, honor God by doing what you're supposed to do. So look what it says in Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. I wonder if we could just read this together. Paul says to the Ephesians, And don't sin. Can you say it okay? The way that you're going to guard your relationships is by making sure that you don't let anger control your heart. And so let's take a look at this then. First of all, the thing that you need to do in order to maintain great relationships is you need to control yourself. Now, notice that I said you need to control yourself. I didn't say you need to control your spouse. The thing that will make you happy and make your relationships good is not controlling the people in your life. How many of us haven't at one time or another thought, I mean, you, you feel dissed by somebody and you think, I'm going to just get on the phone, I'm going to tell them off. Anybody ever felt like that? Or, you know, you're, you walk away thinking, boy, what I should have said is, and, and you think of all the great things you could have said or should have said or might have said or would have said. But the Bible's clear, my friends, that what God wants us to do as Christians is not to try to control the people in the life and tell them what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing, is that we need to control ourselves. This is what Paul says. And don't let sin, um, what to say there? Don't let, don't, and don't sin by letting anger control you. And don't sin by letting con, uh, anger control you. How many know today that, that the thing that brings sin into your life is letting anger control you? When you, when you feel angry, you do and say stupid things. How many know that? You, 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 you do things you shouldn't do and you say things you should not say. Now, I want to tell you something. We have a, a, another word for the word of anger. We say, I'm mad. Anybody heard that? You know, you know where that comes from, right? You know, you know what it means to be mad? It means to be insane. That's what madness is. When you say somebody is mad, uh, we're saying really that they're insane. Did you know that when you get angry, you 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 actually are going through a temporary insanity? Did you know that? And as long as you hold on to that anger, as long as you hang on to that uh, that bitterness, 
You main, you, you hang on to this insanity and you, and you, you talk insanely, you act insanely. And so the Bible's clear that what we need to do is we need to get ourselves under control. If we want to maintain good relationships in our lives, then we must not let anger control us. And so I want to tell you this, the beginning of the end of any relationship, any marriage, is in fact unchecked anger. If your marriage is suffering right now, if your relationship with your kids is suffering right now, I would, I would hazard to guess that probably the problem is, is that somewhere, someone let anger control them. So here's the, here's the interesting thing. When anger, anger takes over your life, uh, suddenly you have lost control. Now can I just remind everybody what causes anger in the first place? Anger is caused when, when you lose control out of, over your environment. You've heard me say this a number of times. When you lose control over the people in your life, you become angry. When people do things that you don't want them to do, you feel angry. And I, I always use this as an illustration because it's the one that, that I battle with. If you're driving along and somebody is discourteous to you on the road, how many have had that experience? And how do you feel inside? You feel really, you just, you would like to just, Take them aside and teach them how to drive a car. <laughs> You'd like to teach, take them aside and tell them a little bit about what you're thinking, how you feel about all of this. And uh, you, 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 you find your, I don't know if you do this sometimes, I, I'm, I find myself talking to the guy in the other car. He can't hear a word I'm saying, but I'm to speed up, get, don't you do it, get out of the way. I'm sure my kids think I'm out of my mind sometimes. My, my, my wife will never tell me, but I know my kids must say it, must think it. But here I am, I'm, I'm talking to the guy in the other car, telling them what they're doing wrong. You know what I'm talking about, because you do the same thing. You, you, you become angry because you've lost control, and you can't control what the other person's doing to you uh, as you drive along. Anger, when, it, when, when you've lost control over your environment, you get angry. And you do things that you should not do. You've become temporarily insane. <laughs> On Tuesday, January the 6th, CNN reported that German billionaire Adolf Merkel, one of the richest men in the world, committed suicide. Did you hear about this? One of the, he's a billionaire. Committed suicide after his business empire got into trouble in the wake of the international financial crisis. Merkel, 74, threw himself in front of a train in the southwestern town of Ulm, he said, uh, his family said the economic crisis had broken Merkel. What had happened? What, what caused him to go insane and throw himself in front of a train? He lost control. He had no control over the financial crisis in the world. Now here's the amazing things, my friends. He was 94 on the Forbes list of the world's richest people. He's not a, he was not a poor man. We're, he's still a billionaire. He had fallen from number from position number 44 to 94 on the Forbes 2007 rich list. His fortune declined from 12.8 billion to 9.2 billion. Well, that would cause me to fly myself, throw myself in front of a train. I mean, look at this. I was worth 12.8 billion. Now I'm only nine. Well, that's it. It's it's over, right? It's ridiculous. Now, the statement from the government of of Baden-Württemberg rejected his petition for financial assistance. And so he entered bailout talks with several German banks. He said no to him. He threw himself in front of a train. Now, here's the amazing things, my friends. 
This is a statement from his family. Quote, the financial troubles of his, fam- of his companies, induced by the international financial, financial crisis and the uncertainty and powerless, powerlessness to act independently, which the financial problems brought about, broke the, listen to this, broke the passionate family businessman. They call him, he's a family man. It broke him, and so he took his own life. Now, here's, here's amazing things, my friends. Can you really call this man a, a family man? He would rather throw himself in front of the train and deprive his, his so-called beloved family of his, of his life and, and, and presence to them. He'd rather throw himself in, a, in front of a, a train than do without a few billions and continue to live with his family. His anger caused him to go insane. I'm going to tell you something. This is exactly what happens to you and me. Now, we may not be throwing ourselves in front of trains, but we we find ourselves holding a grudge against family members, children, brothers and sisters, and we we sabotage these wonderful relationships that we have, all because we're we're angry that things didn't go the way we thought they should go. There's an Arab parable. It says, a man angry at life and particularly at his successful brother came across a genie in a lamp. The genie uh, granted him one wish. He only had one wish. He didn't have three. This is a, this is a cheap genie. <laughs> only one, one wish. That's it. And so the genie said to him that he could have one wish with a proviso that whatever he asked for, his worst enemy would get double that. And the man thought for a moment and then made his wish. He said, I wish to be blind in one eye. At that very moment, his brother that he hated became fully blind. Now, think about this for a moment. Here's a man so full of hatred that he'd rather, he would rather his brother be blind than have all the wealth or the riches of the world and see his brother have twice that much. You know what? This is exactly what happens when you let anger take over your life. This is precisely what happens when, when sin, when you, when you begin to sin through letting anger control you. And the Bible says that this is the beginning of the end of your relationships. So let me ask you this, this morning. Are there people in your life right now that you need to forgive? Are there people that you're angry at? Maybe your husband, your wife, I don't know, your kids, a brother, a sister. You need to, you need to let it go today because it's destroying your life. It's destroying your own heart. The second thing that Paul says is he says that uh, you shouldn't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to fully, I'll, I'll fully admit to you that absolutely every, every one of us has those feelings of anger. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a natural human emotion. But the problem is, is that you're supposed to let it go. You're not supposed to let, you're not supposed to hang on to it. And so the Apostle Paul says, here's what you need to do. You need to, you need to let it go before the sun goes down. So if you get angry, let it go before the sun goes down. When Gloria and I got married, we, we made a, a pact with each other. We made an agreement that we would not go to bed angry at each other. And so uh, it would be 20 years coming up, 20 years of wedded bliss. But I'm going to tell you, we've had some very, very late nights. <laughs> There's been times when we've had to simply agree to disagree and uh, go to bed happy, or at least go to bed uh and say I love you, um, 
we've we've at times agreed to pick up the discussion the next day. So we, we got to go to bed. We can't go to bed angry. We got to kiss and make up, and then we'll go, we can go to sleep. And then tomorrow we'll we'll put our gloves back on and and pick up where we left off. <laughs> the amazing thing is, is that when the next day comes along, uh, you, you you totally forgot about it, and you thought, well, what were we fighting about anyways? It was no big deal, was it? No. Do you remember what we were fighting about? And um, no, we don't. Well, here's an here's an interesting thing: angry, cynical people die young. Did you know that? This is why you need to you need to make sure that you don't let the sun go down on your anger, on your wrath. Cynical people die young. Men who score high for hostility on standard tests, listen to this, are four times more likely to die prematurely than men whose scores are low. Did you know that? You're four more times more likely to die prematurely uh, if if you hold anger in your heart than if you let it go. You know, I've over the years as a as a marriage counselor. As, a, as, as someone who does counseling, I've watched relationships deteriorate simply because people refuse to let go of anger in their hearts. They refuse to say, look, I forgive you. Or they refuse to say, you know what, I'm, I'm sorry that this thing, whole thing has happened. I'm going to let it go. Uh, I'm sorry it happened, but look, at, let's, let's keep moving. Let's, let's, not be, uh, let's not be done in by this. So, so here's what I want to say this morning. Is that you think, you know what, if I say anything, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my temper, I'm gonna say something I should not have said. You ever, ever thought that? It's better just to be silent. It's wrong. Better to talk it out, get the thing resolved, or make it a, make a decision to agree to disagree, but make sure that your relationship is what it, is what it needs to be every single day. Don't let the sun go down while you're so angry. The third thing that Paul says, is that you need to stay sweet. And the way he says this is like this. He says, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Ephesians 4, 26 to 20, 27. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if you realize it or not, but as long as you're holding anger in your heart, as long as you're bitter towards that person sitting beside you, as long as you're angry at your boss or your workmate or whatever, what happens, my friends, is this. You have actually said, Satan, I'm going to give you a free ride in my life. I'm going to let you do whatever you want in my life. That's what you're doing. Did you know that? I don't care how many Christian songs that you're listening to on CHVN. I don't care how many Christian books you're reading or how many Christian videos you're watching. I don't care if you're reading your Bible every day faithfully. It means it means nothing to me. And it has absolutely no effect on your spiritual life if you're holding anger in your life. Because what you've done is you've let, you've opened the door to Satan. You said, Satan, have your way in my life. That's what you've done. And there's many people who go to church every Sunday, many people who, who call themselves Christians, who have absolutely given the devil a foothold in their life. So I'm not a fortune teller, but here's, here's what I can predict will take place in your life. If you're angry or holding anger in your heart, here's what's going to happen. You'll lose interest in spiritual things. Isn't that true? You, I've seen it so many times. The people that, that would rather sit out in the foyer and drink coffee rather than come into the service or rather do something else other than sit and listen to the Word of God or worship are people that probably have lost interest in spiritual things and probably have lost, spirit, lost interest in spiritual things because they've given the devil a foothold through anger. It's plain and simple. It's not rocket science. I would predict that if you're holding anger in your heart, then probably when you pray, it seems that the heavens are brass. It seems you just can't get through to God. And you say, well, what's the point in praying? Because nothing happens anyways. 
If you're giving the devil a foothold through anger, then you're probably not smiling or laughing like you used to. You're probably serious all the time, and you just can't, you can't, just, you don't see the humor in anything. You don't take your, you take yourself far too seriously. If someone says something to you, you just, you just, you can't take it, and you lash back. This is what happens, my friends, when anger takes root in your heart, and you've given the devil a foothold. Chances are you probably don't like to be with people. And vice versa, people probably don't like to be with you. And the other thing you'll discover is things don't go smoothly for you anymore. You'll find yourself at odds with people. You're, you're, wherever you go, whoever you're with, you just, you're, there's always a problem. There's always things just don't go right. We had somebody who used to go to our church and not going right here, haven't come here for years now. But every time we'd go out for lunch, there's always something wrong. Always there's something wrong. The soup's too hot. The soup's too cold. It's too spicy. It's the, the, the sandwich isn't made right. It's too. The, it's, there's always something. Something's not right. This person, his heart is full of anger and bitterness. And I and I remember trying to help him. And I remember trying to tell him, look, you're 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 full of anger and bitterness. And what does he do? He gets mad at me <laughs> because I'm I'm trying to point this out. My friends, you give the devil a foothold in your life when you. Hold bitterness or anger in your heart. You find yourself going from one disaster to another. One morning, Ralph Milton woke up at 5 o'clock to a noise that sounded like someone uh, repairing boilers on his roof. <laughs> and still in his pajamas, he went out into the backyard in the early hours to investigate. Where is that noise coming from? And he looked up, and on his roof, there was a little woodpecker um, on the TV antenna. <laughs> And pounding his little brains out on that metal pole. <laughs> and that stupid thing wouldn't stop. So what he did is he bent over, picked up a rock, and just chucked it at that bird. And wouldn't you know it, he missed the bird. And all of a sudden he hears, smash! The rock went over the house and hit the car uh, on, on the, sitting on the street. Smashed the, smashed the windshield. And, uh, and at that, he looks at that car smash, he winds up, and he kicks a clot of earth, and then, before it's too late, he, he realized he didn't have his shoes on. <laughs> and his bare foot, he broke his toe. And, it, and this is, this is his life. Now, you know what? This is, this is exactly what happens to people whose lives are being run by anger. You have given the devil a foothold, and you just find yourself going from disaster to disaster. You've lost your sweetness. You're not sweet anymore. You're kind of a bitter person, and you find that people just don't want to be with you, and you don't want to be with people. The Apostle Poi points out this, that anger left unchecked becomes Satan's throne in your life. And some of us here this morning have actually allowed Satan to take up residence in our heart. We've allowed him to have his way. And you finding that you, you are, your, your prayers are going unanswered and you found loss of divine help that, that your heart craves. I want to encourage you this morning to guard your relationships by making sure that you don't allow anger to destroy the relationships that you have with others. Look what the Bible says. John says, anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. So here's, here's the th- point, my friends. We're going to look at, show a video in a brief moment. Just, Scott, if you want to get that ready. If you are holding anger in your heart, 
The simple fact of the matter is, is that you're hating that person. And the Bible's clear, you're a murderer at heart. You know, we can be so self-righteous and we could say, you know what, I don't drink, I don't dance, I don't smoke, I don't chew tobacco, uh, I, I, I don't do anything bad. But here's the thing, you're holding anger in your heart, which nobody can see. Nobody sees your heart but God. And the Bible's clear that as long as you're holding that in your heart, you are the equivalent to a murderer. And the Bible's clear, you, ha- you have no eternal life. You don't inherit eternal life. I want to show you this video. I want to show you the effects that anger has. It's a, it's a excellent little video. Are we ready to go? Let's take a look at that. Anger is, anger is a prison, a self-imposed prison. Some of us have been in that prison for some time. We're lonely, and it's God is distant from us, and it's all because we've allowed anger to take over. I'd like you to bow your heads with me, please. This morning, if... Uh, if you find yourself angry, maybe you're angry because someone has hurt your feelings or hasn't done something for you that you thought they should do for you. They failed you in some way. I would like you just to, right where you are, tell the Lord that you forgive that person. And just say, God, please take this anger from me right now and set me free. I want my joy back. I want my smile back. I want the, I want the, the relationship with God that I once had. I want things to go smoothly once again. I, I'm sick of going from one disaster to another. I want, uh, I want to have my hunger for God back. I want to have a relationship with my kids and my, my wife and my workmates. Spirit of the living God, do a work in our hearts right now. Some of us are really struggling with anger this morning. And we've allowed it to destroy relationship with our parents our children and others God we just want to ask you to forgive us for giving the devil a foothold in our hearts Lord we freely confess to you right now that we have let the sun go down while we are still angry and we've let it we've let it fester for days on end God we just want to let that go right now Father, we confess to you that we've allowed anger to control us. And we've said things and done things that 
if anybody else knew about it, they it would be very embarrassing to us. God, we we want to live want to live free, full of love towards you and full of love towards others. So release us, we pray, from this from this prison, this bondage of anger. This morning, I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, that God loves you. And he knows, he knows what a battle it is that you face on a daily basis. I'm going to tell you this, the more you're with people, the more you're working with people, the more you're interacting with people, the greater the odds are that you will be battling with this. But this is, a, this is a daily battle that you and I are going to face. And, and the Bible gives us really good, clear instructions on how to be overcomers through Christ. And it's by, first of all, allowing yourself to be spirit-controlled. No longer letting yourself be anger-controlled. Making sure that you... You get your relationships right. No matter how angry you are, you're not going to let the sun go down. You'll stay up all night if that's what it takes to make sure that you're anger-free. And you're going to stay sweet by making sure that the devil doesn't get a foothold in your life. My friends, then you'll be happy once again. Let's stand together, shall we?